Thank you so much for watching today. Today I have a very special guest. I have Mr. Patrick Suter, who is running for, he is running for City Council of Waxahachie, place two. Good to see you, Mr. Suter. How are you tonight? Doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Um, you know, I've had you on before, uh, but, you know, there are always new people. So if you want to quite, kind of introduce yourself and your background, uh, I would appreciate that. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Um, again, my name is Patrick Suter. I am uh, an attorney by day. Um, also, I am uh, a law professor down at Baylor University and a small businessman. I've owned, a, uh, along with a business partner of mine, a restaurant in Dallas. Uh, now, this is our 20th year, so um, it's, uh, I, I dabble in a lot of things. I uh, give back to the community. Um, I'm on the board of directors of Historic Waxahachie, Inc. Um, uh, also on the Waxahachie Partnership, Inc. That's a nonprofit that that the uh, city of Waxahachie has put together. And um, also on the board of directors of a of Campfire Creek Therapeutic Writing Center, which is a nonprofit that helps those with physical and mental um, uh, issues and first responders, military with PTSD. Um, and it's, at, it's located in Bethel. So um, do a lot of different things. Uh, try to give back to the community as much as I can. Uh, Waxahachie is a very special place to me. Um, actually, my family, uh, I, was, I was born and raised in Dallas, but we would spend weekends working a family farm down outside of Milford. So um, back before I was even born, my family was connected to Ellis County. And I can remember as a small child crawling around out in front of the courthouse on, in the grass and us coming to town to get to buy groceries and the like. And so uh, a few years ago, when it came time for us to move out of Dallas, um, my wife loves the, the historic homes and, and the, whole, the whole concept of Waxahachie. And um, of course, I, I've, it's been part of my life, uh, you know, since before I can remember. So that's kind of a little background on me. Well, um, definitely have lived a good life. Um, that it's pretty uh, special. You, 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 um, being a professor at, at Baylor, a kind of a rancher, and then a lawyer. You you have a full plate. <laughs> I do, I do. You have it's, a full uh, plate. Yeah, um, but you know the thing is, is I love what I do, and I put my heart into it. Um, the practice of law is something that I appreciate being able to assist my clients. Uh, Baylor Law School is a whole totally different thing. It's you know it's it's law from the academic side, and I enjoy that because of the student interaction. Uh, but I can steal away to, to get to the farm. Um, and with my small business, I'm, I, by the grace of God, I have a business partner that uh, um, helps out. And, you know, I, and, and I pitch in here and there, but it's always been a fight, especially, you know, in the restaurant business. Uh, we've seen the challenges that the pandemic caused. And we All actually right. were able, in light of, the mandates and and everything else come out of it stronger than what we were before. And 
we kept good people and kept them employed. And through strategic planning, we were able to be able to uh, to do that. So uh, there's a common theme there is that working with good people and doing the right thing is something that this drives me. Well, that's definitely a noble way of living. I, uh, I wanted to ask you, why, why did you decide to run um, for city council? So I I'm, I'm, had, had so many people that um, had supported me before. You alluded to the fact that I was on once before. And in uh, 2020, there was the election. I, I was uh, uh, running for an open spot along with our, uh, the current person that fills that and a third person. And the election kept getting put off, put off, put off. And then when it came time for, for us to actually vote in November, it was during the presidential election. So it was a huge undertaking. But the great thing was is that I was outside early voting 17 straight days meeting people that I had not been able to do because of the pandemic. People just didn't feel comfortable you know, meeting with you one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so in that election, the third person actually turned out to be an, an eligible candidate. And so um, kind of threw the, the race up. Well, a lot of those people that I met at early voting, walking around neighborhoods, friends, family, uh, encouraged me to run again. And, um, you know, as that laundry list of things that I gave you, I, I enjoy giving back to the city. Um, those people put faith in me the first time around. And when they asked me to run again, um, I, I, I did it immediately. I didn't, didn't even think twice about it. And so uh, that's what's spurring me on. And also, you know, there, there are people, I mean, a lot of folks feel that um, over the past nine months or so, there's been some questionable activity, not activity, but just the way things appear from the, from the, the current city council. And they did not like that. Um, felt that there was an element of transparency that was missing. And um, that was another thing. I'm a straight shooter. I'm not beholden to anyone. I, I treat uh, my clients. I have to uh, tell them, uh, you know, some, sometimes things they don't want to hear. And honestly, that's the way I would approach uh, this position. The city of Waxahachie and all the citizens are, um, are my clients. In, in that in that regard, so uh, when they asked me to run, I, I, I said that I would, and I want to give back to this city that 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 is so good to me and my family. I've always told every candidate that comes on, it it is a noble thing to want to serve. Um, you have to go through the meat grinder of politics in Ellis County, and that can be really tough. Um, kind of the reason why my wife said I can never run for anything. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's um, yeah, it's it's a tough deal. So wanting to volunteer for that is is tough. It's tough, especially since you know, the pay is you know I know the pay is great, but you know it's, oh yeah, it's the, the pay is what you have right here. Yeah, the, you're not putting anything the, in your pocket. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, I wanted to get into fundamentals before we start traveling into the issues. Yeah. So I, I'm going to ask you like I ask anybody running for government. What is the role of government in the people of Ellis County? 
the role of the government is to ensure that the people um, have have uh, um, that there's somebody that, that has oversight to make sure that their civil liberties are there, that they're that that they have um, safety and health and those types of things. It's it, it comes down to um, honestly, the government is there for the people, and when the government starts intruding in on that, that's problematic. But the government is there if there's a law there that's you know we. We want clean water. Well, if we want clean water, then the government's there to make sure that we get clean water. If we need fire and police, the government's there for that. That's to improve the citizens. It's to provide something for the citizens. It is the it it it's it oversees those types of things. And when it doesn't do that, then the government has failed. That is that is very true. Um, those are the kind of the basic roles, police, fire, roads, you know, um, and, and, you know, protecting their rights, their God-given rights. But, um, you know, your, your opinion on the second amendment. I, I'm a firm believer of the second amendment, um, that, that the second amendment was passed or was created and passed by our, our founding fathers for a reason. And, um, if somebody can legally own a handgun or any type of gun, um, I believe the Second Amendment is there to stand for that proposition. Um, no ifs, ands, or buts. The Second Amendment is, and I, there was a reason why I brought the Second Amendment first, because the Second Amendment protects the first. And yes. so in terms of... Uh, religious liberty in terms of free speech um where do you come down on the first amendment and the role of government on the first amendment you know you go back to the old adage that we learned about in in law school that you have freedom of speech but you can never scream fire in a crowded theater um the first amendment is there Again, going back to what our, our, our founding fathers wanted to have is that, that you could have an exchange of dialogues uh, with people that, that have differing views without the government coming in and censoring you. Um, now, it, it's, it, it, but the, 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 the story that I gave about screaming fire in a crowded theater, you can't use, the, uh, use that ability to harm people. And that's and that's what it's getting to is that, you know, if you scream fire in a, in a crowded theater, people are going to trample all over themselves trying to get out. So there's a responsibility that the people have in exercising their civil liberties. They have a responsibility to the public. And, um, and, and you go back to it. The, the Second Amendment is there to protect the First Amendment. Well, you know, you go back to when our country was founded. They left. England, because they did not have those liberties. And that's what we're founded on. And I will support them, um, uh, you know, to the end of the day. So for those just tuning in, I wanted to cover fundamentals because everything else based on it, everything else that the candidate says they will do is based on what they see the role of government on. 
uh, what the role of government is in the people. So you, you got to get that out of the way so that you know everything going forward fits that, what they say is their fundamental principles. So, um, Mr. Souter, I wanted to go ahead and, and go into kind of the, the issues. Um, there was a, there was an article, I guess there was a, there's a lot of concern about, um, ice storms and how it would affect our power. Um, the city council has a role it could play, but it's basically kind of a state thing. And, and I know it gets real technical, but what are your thoughts on that? For the people of Ellis County, well, you know, when you look at it, it, when you look at such things as you know, recently we thought last year we, we we were past losing our power, and then you know, a couple of weeks ago we lost power again. Um, there, there are several things that factor into that. First off, with the development that's going on, we need to ensure in in, in coordination with Encore and, and those that are involved in the delivery of power that we're not overtaxing the system by building so much where the elect where the where the grid can't handle it um and, and so that's not only for, you know that's primarily when you get into that that's the city uh and and uh, uh the the city council can't do that but the city council can sure uh interject itself to make sure that um, if we are having proper development, that there is infrastructure there. There's no good to build out uh, a neighborhood if you don't have power to it. When you know the last instance was not that bad, but but we lost some folks lost power for a day. Um, so where's the city council come into it? City council is the one that needs to to ask the questions and get the answers, so you can then turn around and provide your constituents with that. And if and if the answers aren't any good, well, then you keep pushing it. Again, like I said, as an attorney, I have to push it to get an, and get an answer. Uh, may not be the answer we want, but uh, the the, popu the the population needs to have has the information. Uh, definitely, definitely, the public needs to know. So, um, the budget this year that was enacted. Um, did you agree with the way things were done? What would you have done differently? You know, when people ask me about the budget and whether we should, you know, cut taxes and the like, uh, this is where I put on my businessman hat. Um, I, I want to see how the money's being spent. I, I've told people that, you know, if, I, if I'm elected, very first thing I'm going to do is go to the city manager and request meetings with uh, the department heads. But I want to take it one step further, and I want somebody who works under in those departments, the boots on the ground, I want to talk to them for a few minutes, too, because so many times when you get into, you know, what you can cut or what you can do better, you know, the, the folks that are out there that are, um, you know, fixing our streets and, and, and working, in, you know, uh, for the water supply, they may have excellent ideas. So, um, you know, I want to see what what we're doing. Is there a way for best practices that we can that we can implement? Um, and, and in doing so, I think that you uh, uh, you, you have a lot more education. And I understand the difference of you know cutting a, you know a penny here, or uh, you know some people even even ask for more dramatic cuts and 
you know, right now I want to see whether we're using our money responsibly. And if, and if we are, there may be more money there that, that can where we can afford to cut uh, the taxes. But right now, recognize it, it's kind of like in your home. You know, you only have so much money and um, you may want to eat steak every day. But if you don't have the money to eat steak every day, you know, you're going to have to have a bologna sandwich here or there. Right. And I do not want us to get in the position without us a deep dive into the to to the way the city operates and its finances, where if we cut it now, we're looking back on it later saying, why did we do that? So you may say I didn't answer the question. My, 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 my approach is, is that I want to make I want to be educated with all the pertinent information to be able to to take a stand on that. Would I like to cut taxes? I would if it will not hurt us. I need to make sure. It's easy for a politician to say, let's cut taxes. And then it comes down to it and say, okay, well, if we cut taxes, we, we don't, if we lose this funding, how are we going to pay for this? Well, we'll find a way to pay for it. You know, you do that, the citizens are going to be upset. So um, if, if we can, definitely. But I don't want to mortgage our future by a penny here or there. We have um, we got a lot of the de de development that the city city is doing, um, building a, an annex. Um, I will have um, Michael Scott on to discuss kind of the details, the grind, the day to day of Waxahachie um, here soon. You could check the Ellis Talker page for details, but. Um, you know, it's it's correct. There's things that that have to be paid for, and and those taxes come into that. Now, um, you know, speaking of that building and stuff, um, one of the big things now is that there's a um, they are uh, there's a planning um, planning board. I am sorry. There is a planning board that um, for growth. Let's see the comprehensive plan. I'm sorry. Uh -huh. uh, we got Verdun. Verdunity is the the firm that we're using. Um, kind of give me your thoughts on what what's coming out with that. Um, what would you like to see on it, and uh, is this company good and doing right by us? Well, you know, interestingly, we we just had uh, a, a meeting of the comprehensive planning committee where they made their presentation. I guess probably a week ago, and I've been to. Uh, you know, some uh, more than one of the meetings. And to me, as it relates to, to that company, I, I think that they that they know what they're doing. Um, I think that it's hard, though, to to do a comprehensive plan when we're growing so quickly right now. And I think they're trying to get ahead of the ahead of the curve on that. But I think that it's a tough job to be able to do and, and recognize that that planning, that comprehensive planning is not two or three years from now. I mean, you know, we're going out 10, 15 years. Um, so I think it's a necessary step. Um, I believe that that, that company, I've, I've not seen anything to where I would say the company doesn't know what they're doing, seem to be very educated at any of the meetings. There's multiple members including the the number one guy with, with virginity that, that's there. 
and that they'll stay around and answer questions. Um, so I, I think it's a must, but you, you have to recognize this. And, and Isaac, you're a military man. You have to be able to pivot if a plan is not working. And so we, we have to recognize that we need this long-term plan but we also have to implement strategies that if it is not working or the growth has exceeded it, that we can pivot and come up with another with another option. And, and that's so much of what I do in looking at things from from a legal standpoint, um, analyzing things as a professor, looking at things as a small businessman. You always have to be prepared for the unexpected. And so this planning is here, but it's not a guarantee that, you know, it's a 10 year plan that in year five, we don't need to change it. Right. Right. And well, I mean, things are, there are obvious complaints with how things were built around the 77 the oversaturation of the area, too much, too much things built in one place. And then, you know, one of the biggest gripes I hear all the time online is that, um, there needs to be another um heb on the other side of 287 77 <laughs> so you i mean you hear some some stuff so um well, and planning, may I, may I talk about that for a second yeah sure i'd love to have who is i mean you can go to heb at seven in the morning um isaac i know the two of us ran into each other at 6 30 on christmas eve in heb and it was crowded um the uh, and the funny thing was in the whole store we were getting the exact same thing. It, 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 you look up and I look down and there we are. Yeah, but, we were trying. <laughs> yeah, we were trying to get the same thing. But I will tell you that in HEB or in a a, a a fine dining restaurant or in a closed store, before they do anything, they look at the demographics the number of people in the area, but more importantly, the median income. And, you know, we have not kept up with Midlothian on a median income. Um, the, uh, um, we're at about $65,000, $66,000 median income for, um, for a single or for a household. And Midlothian is like $30,000 more than that. So if you are a business and you're looking at coming to Waxahachie or going right down 287, where there's a lot more disposable income that people can spend at your store, your restaurant, whatever it is, what are you going to do? Right. And, and my problem is, is that we've had growth, but we've not had growth in jobs that pay a significant amount of money. And I think that those, that those numbers in and of itself show that. Um, if we're going to get those types of, of businesses here, we're going to need to attract businesses that, that pay better, pay better wages. And that's a coordinated effort between the city and the chamber and you know other stakeholders and and they're trying to do that i i i really believe that they're trying to do that but the only way we're going to get that is if we have smart growth with the right types of businesses 
you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, I love an Arby's beef and cheddar, mm. but that that job is not going to pay. No. What, what to to raise that median income on? Right. And I think because you talk about seventy seven, you drive down seventy seven, and what do you see? It's all retail. It's, it's all, all it's retail. all retail, and those jobs don't pay it. So it'd be great to be able to bring in the the, the right types of employers that pay a better wage right. um, to get that up. And I guarantee, if we get that up, you're going to have a second HEB or a Kroger or something like that. I know people that drive all the way to Midlothian to go to that new Kroger off of yeah. 287. Right. They're driving that far to go to a grocery store. Um, so we have the demand. We just have to be positioned in such a way to make it attractive to the HEBs and the Kroger to bring another uh, bring another uh, side in here. So there's a lot of there's a lot of growth, and we were you were obviously mentioning and talking about it, but just in general of the houses, there's a lot of houses, and obviously there's kind of a boom right now. Mm-hmm. So um, you know that it's pricing people out, obviously, and and there's a lot of things that are happening because of this growth. Um, what what would you do to kind of address that? Or would you try to get the other council members to kind of be a little more restrictive with approving things? I think that you have to look at the opportunity in front of you um, to make a determination. So my take on it is if somebody is going to come in to to the city uh if they want the approval of the city then they need to have they need to put their fair share into it you know uh recently there's been two or three different developments that have come before the council and you've seen where they'll put in a road or they'll 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 put in parks in their area and you know jogging trails and that's fine um but I think we need to even more focus in on things to, to improve the quality of life. And I don't know if necessarily, um, you know, such density on the planning that's coming in with the houses, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Some people love it. I don't. I like to have a little bit more room between myself and others. And so you've now started seeing the council, I think, pick up on that. So that if there is, and also with planning and zoning, that, you know, you have to go through planning and zoning to even get to the council. Right. Planning and zoning is looking at, you know, you can only have so many houses in this area and that, you know, you know, some percentage have to be on a large lot. Some percentage have to be on a smaller lot. Um, the things like, you know, uh, the, the parks and the roads, uh, they're starting to insist on that. And I'm hoping that that's a change that we, that, that, will continue to go forward. And, and so that was what I would be a proponent of is that we just need to be smart in what we're doing. Um, that's the thing. You don't have to, to jump out there and approve something. You know, if it takes going back to, to planning and zoning multiple times, so be it. Yeah. Those, uh, those people um, who want to come in here and develop need to uh you know need to recognize that we do not want to lose what we have here by you know all of a sudden putting a ton of people in a in a small area 
Right. Well, um, this is the part of the show where you talk to the people. You know, we're running out of time, so I need you to go ahead and, and talk to them and tell them why they should vote for you. And um, it's your it's your show now. All righty. Well, Isaac, first off, thank you again for doing this. This is uh, uh, a tremendous resource for the people of not only Waxahachie, but Ellis County. So why should you vote for me? Um, I think that, that you've seen so far that I look at things pragmatically. I want to be fiscally responsible. Um, I want to spend the dollars where they should be spent, where it, it, it helps everyone out, all parts of the city. Because if you, if, you, if, you, if you spend money and you plan appropriately in one part of the city, then it should help everybody out. Um, so very much a proponent of fiscal responsibility. I want to roll my sleeves up. I want to get in there and I want to see what the numbers say. I want to work with the, with the members of our city and our city government to try to improve that. But a core a core uh, uh, belief that I have, and I'm going to turn around here just for a second and so you can see my sign. And it says preserve and improve. Um, the idea of preserve, we have history here. We have a way of life that with this growth, we need to maintain. But we also need to recognize that we need to improve on it too. How do you improve on it? that you spend money the right way, that you have strategic planning, that if, if something's not the best deal for everybody, then you have to go back to the drawing board. I have no problem doing that. As I said at the beginning, I'm not beholden to anybody but the citizens of Waxahachie. So if you look at it, why should you vote for me? Because I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to ask the tough questions. And if I don't get the answer, you're going to hear me complain that I didn't get the right answer. And that's what they, people want their representatives to do. So um, thank you again for those kind words. That means a lot to me. Um, I do this for the people. This is, as you know, I've told you, it, I, I went into a voting booth and I didn't know who to vote for. I didn't know who these people were. And I said, you know how many people in Ellis County are like that? People get involved, um, stay informed. That's how you stay free. Again, thank you so much. And I wish you best of luck. Thank you very much. And everybody, um, thank you all for tuning in. And if you have any questions, I'm on Facebook at Patrick Souter uh, for Waxahachie City Council Place too. Um, so feel free to, to message me and also my contact information is on there too. I have my, my email and my phone number on there so I can be, be here for, for the citizens. Well, thank you again. You take care. Okay, thank you.